Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go to uh, Romans, the first chapter. I want to um, talk about a few, th- talk about something more towards the end, but I want to have some preliminaries leading up to it. I've kind of set the stage for uh, for what I want to say uh, at the end tonight. And um, recently, uh, I've been talking about the subject of faith. What are you here in Romans chapter 1, the 17th verse? It says, For in it the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I've been talking about faith on, on Sunday nights, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, when I've ministered now for a little while. Uh, we've read the scripture in Galatians 3, 11. It says, but um, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, but f- uh, for the just shall live by faith. So this is, this is mentioned throughout the Bible. Go over to a Hebrews, the 10th chapter. I love this, this uh, account of it, the way that the author here wrote. It adds some, some good things here to it that I, that I love. But in Hebrews chapter 10 in the 35th verse, We'll read 35 through 38. It says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has how much reward? How much reward? Has great reward. Don't cast away your confidence. It's another word for saying your faith. Don't cast away your faith, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Verse 37, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. You know that, that it's talking about the time between now and the little while when he who is coming will come and not tarry. The point between now and when he comes. It's in the, it's in the middle time. In the middle there it says, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We are not of those who draw back. That's a good place to agree with me, right? We are not those who draw back. We are not those who change our mind. Like drawing back is changing your mind. It's changing your, your view. It's, it's casting aside your confidence. It's choosing to believe something else. How many know faith? You, there's faith. You're in faith either way. You're believing one thing or another, right? And the faith of God, the God kind of faith, we make a decision not cast aside our confidence, but stay in what, in trust and in confidence of what he has said, which has great reward. If we get into something else, believing something else, you're still in faith, but you're in the wrong kind of faith. And it produces as well, but just not the God kind of results. And so we want to stay in a position of faith. How many know that this is not a suggestion? This isn't written as a suggestion for the church, for believers. Now y'all think about it, pray about it. And if it feels good, just go ahead and live by faith, y'all. Just, you know how many know that's not the way this was? This was a statement. This was a declaration. This is a command the just shall live by faith. How many know living doesn't just uh, mean go to church in faith, sit in church in faith, right? Uh, talk with church people in faith, do the faith thing, right, that we do, but live your life, the day in, the day out, the getting up, the going to sleep, all of the, all of the details in between, you live it by faith. Even, how many know even in the mundane areas of life, you can live by faith? You can live with confidence in who God is, confidence in what the Lord has said. You can live, not just can, but the scriptures tell us we need to do that. Not just we need to do it, we must do that because that is the description of a believer is someone who lives by faith. Having a living by faith is that in every area, every situation, no matter what's going on, it's the steps that you take being directed by God, right? Second uh, Corinthians 5, 7 says... For we walk by faith and not by sight. We live our life by faith and not by what we see. Amen. I tell you what, what a difference it would make if believers would actually be believers. Amen. Amen. Right. If believers would be believers in every area and not just the easy ones to be a believer in. Right. But be a believer in every area area of life, go ahead and submit to the will of God and just believe what he says. 
Just simply believe it and then walk your life, walk your life out in that way according to what you believe. Amen? We read the scripture. It has great reward if we'll not cast away our confidence, if we'll not believe in something else, if we'll keep our faith in Jesus. Amen? So what is faith? What is faith centered around? Hebrews 11. We're there in the 10th chapter. Just drop them down just a couple verses. Hebrews chapter 11 in the first verse. It says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I love the Young's Literal Translation. Pastor recently did a message on, on, a, on a Wednesday night about translations and different things. And he, he wanted me to know about it because I quote from different ones from time to time. And I was going to do my mess, next message, all Passion Translation, the whole thing. But I decided I wouldn't do that. No, I, I, I like the Passion Translation. I like the, you know, the, the, message, the message. But like he said, you don't get doctrine out of that. Uh, you don't base your beliefs out of that. It helps you to, to, some things are said in a way that maybe you connect with a little bit better, bring more light to it. Uh, but in those other areas, they miss it entirely. So we want to make sure we stay with, with translations that are proven out, have, have a proven track record. One of them is Young's Literal Translation. And so Young's Literal is about as, uh, uh, as to the point and accurate as you can get, sometimes to the point that it's a little hard to understand the way it was written. But it's a great translation for me. I'm not going to preach your message again. Everything he said was right. Uh, we, we obviously added in. Uh, aren't you glad to know everything he said was right? All right. So uh, the New King James Bible, uh, I love the Amplified. I always look at the Amplified. I look at the Young's Literal. Those are the ones I always look at. What does it have to say? Because Amplified amplifies. And the Young's Literal is literal. So uh, I like those. So the Young's Literal of Hebrews 11.1 1 says, In faith is of the things hoped for a confidence of matters not seen a conviction. What is faith? It's confidence. It's a conviction. It's what you believe. It's not just something you, oh, I believe that. It's something you believe. And for those listening online, when I say believe, I mean you really believe. I'm giving emphasis to it, right? Oh, I believe in this. I believe in that. You know you believe in, you really believe in something when you will, uh, uh, you will give your full effort into it and, and rely on it. That's why I love the cotton patch of that. It says, now faith is being, is betting your life on the unseen realities of God. That's, that's when you know you really believe something. And I know somebody said, you know, uh, brother Steve and I, we've done some hunting together and, and he, he, he says, you know, and you know, that I'm a, I'm an adrenaline junkie and I don't know, I don't know what I am or not, but we've done some things, you know, and, and you know, when you do something, when you are faced with some new thing, you're going to try out whether I believe it's going to work or not is evident by, do I try it? Right. I mean, if, if I go to a fair I'm not going to bungee jump at a fair, right? I'm just not going to do it because I don't believe that, hey, no disrespect to any carny that's listening to this. I just don't trust them that that, that, that rubber band is strong enough, right? And so when Pastor and I went to Victoria Falls, I thought, man, this is the number one place in the world, you know? And if there's any place to do it, it's got to be here. And if people were dying all the time, we would know. I found out later that's just because it's not in a country. It's in a no man's land, so no one can do anything about it. But I said, I trust this one. If I'm ever going to do it, I'm going to do it at the world's number one spot and not at Billy Bob's carnival down the street, right? I'm going to do it. Like I trusted it. I believed that it would hold me. Well, I haven't done it other places. I really don't believe it. See, you, you know what you really believe based upon how you walk out your life. The scriptures say the just will live by faith and the faith you're living by is actually what you believe. The things that you're actually walking out, that's what you really believe. I mean, you know, sometimes, maybe, that, maybe that's not uh, comforting to hear sometimes. We have to take a real assessment. What am I actually doing? And what you're actually doing, that's what you actually believe. That's your conviction. That's your, uh, what, what word did he use? That's your conviction. That's where your confidence is based on what you're doing, right? And so we know that faith is a belief. It's a conviction. A conviction, it's a confidence. Yes, Lord, what is that? So we've got, I think it's a heater that's making some noise. So y'all just ignore it now that we've all picked it up on the weird sound. And I saw people doing like this. What is that sound? Is it angels? No, it's just a train, uh, air conditioners, I, th- I think. So. so faith is what you believe is a confidence and a conviction. But also in this verse, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a faith, a conviction. It's a confidence, but also is involved in, in, in things that we don't see, the unseen. How many know as believers, we've been called and destined and ordained, commanded, whatever word we want to use, by God to not live by what we see, but live in another realm, a higher realm of things we can't see. 
The things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And so a life of faith is always living in every circumstance. Yes, obeying God's word. We obey God's word because you can't see. You can't see it a lot of times. You can't see these things. They're unseen truths, unseen realities. It's a decision. We've got to be comfortable living in things we can't see, living in things that don't make sense, walking out things that that others don't agree with. Can I get a witness, right? We need to be comfortable doing. That's how we've been called to live. Living by faith is conviction and confidence in things we can't see. Things that are hoped for but are not yet. They are tomorrow, just not today. In the point between today and tomorrow is faith. That's what we do because once we get there, you don't need faith. You don't need to believe in the chair you're sitting in. You're sitting in it. It's here. You know it's here, right? Now, you do have to believe you're going to get something good for Christmas because you've not seen it yet, right? So that's, that involves the future. You believe, you have, there's faith involved in that, a type of believing and conviction in something you can't see. Well, what you're sitting in, you don't need faith for that because you, you're sitting in it. And so we know faith deals with the unseen. We've talked about that. We're not going to go any further. Most people just operate by, why they, by the, what they see by their senses. We have the saying, seeing is believing. No, it isn't. Seeing is seeing. We've got to be better than that. We've been called to live at a higher, in a higher place than that, in a higher position than that. And the good news, it's not just we live in the unseen. By living that way, we bring things out of the unseen into the seen. God created the worlds out of things which are not seen. Real things just weren't seen, and he brought them into the the natural world that we are living in now. We get to do the same thing. Folks, there's no higher calling, greater, greater, greater thing in life than living like God. There's no greater thing than that. And we ought to be excited about living by faith. Living by faith ought to be something that's on the forefront of our attention often because we're looking for areas that I can step it up and be more like my father, right? Areas where I can be more like God, I can live more like God, I can, I can, I can grow in these things, I cannot. We all have a tendency in one area or another to be motivated by things we see. We ought to be on those things. And when we see it, we're going to, what does God say? What does God's word say? Is there an unseen reality that I can be trusting it and believe into the scene, right? And so that's what we're here to do. So we, we've been talking about that. We also looked at this. Go to John, the 20th verse. And uh, I didn't start the clock as soon as I started, but I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm, tr- I'm not going to, I'm going to try to not keep us real long tonight. I do have somewhere that I'm going. But a few things I want to review because they, they play into what we're talking to, to, about tonight, what I want to uh, get to. But in John chapter 20, in the 24th verse, uh, let me find it myself. Yeah, John 20, 24, it says, Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. Jesus had appeared to some of the disciples and Thomas was not there. Verse 25, The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in, in his hands the print of the nails... And put my finger into the print of and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. We talked about this another time. Thomas said, I will not believe. How many know there's a lot of people who want to point fingers at Thomas and say, Oh, Thomas, listen, we've all been there. We've all done the same thing. We've all made the same mistake. Thankfully, Thomas didn't stay there. Thomas got things right. Of course, the Lord appeared to him. Thomas got things right. Thomas went on to have a great ministry. I forget, I forget exactly where he went. I believe he was in Asia Minor, wasn't he? And he went to Asia Minor and, and Greece. Was that it? I don't know where it was. It, yeah, Asia might. I think he did go to, in, into India and those areas. And so he did a great work for the Lord and, and really uh, uh, championed the gospel, spread the gospel. I mean, he had a fruitful ministry, so he didn't stay in this place. He's no longer doubting Thomas. He's Thomas, right? But he said, unless I see it, unless I can put my hands there, unless I can touch it, feel it, I will not believe. One of the things we talked about is faith, what your conviction is, where your confidence is, is 100% a choice. It is not dependent upon anything you see because really, remember, living by faith is not in the scene. It's living according to what you can't see. And you can choose to believe anything that you want to believe. Can I get an amen? 
You can choose to believe anything you want to believe. And if we were to go around the room and just have random things that people believe in, we probably hear a lot of crazy stuff, right? And we might all, all like change our opinions of one another, right? I mean, who knows? I know the other night at the house we were talking about, we had the, the singles over and we're talking about aliens or something. And, and, uh, and, and, and they're all, they're giggling over there. And so we're talking, do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in aliens? And so they got to me and, and of course, you know, my kids, my, my family, they got to me, and I'm like, you know I believe in aliens. I mean, I do. He's, do I have any proof of it? No. I've never, now, I'm not talking about little green guys at Nanu Nanu or whatever, or, you know, phone homes. I'm not talking about necessarily that stuff, but other creatures, other places. I, I told him, I said, I would be disappointed if there wasn't something else somewhere in the universe. The universe is massive, and we've seen a little tiny part. Surely there's something else out there. And if that bothers you or makes you have a lower opinion of me, believe what you want to believe. Does it affect how we live our lives? No, I'm not going around looking for little green men, right? But I can believe whatever I want. And if you don't want to believe it, don't believe it, right? I, I personally believe they're out there, right? I believe they're there. I, I, for the mere fact that if you look at the description of the creatures flying around the throne room, those things are weird. And if those things are weird, there's got to be other weird stuff out there, right? I mean, they're not human. Those things, 12 heads and all these whatever stuff that's going on, that's some freaky stuff. I don't, I don't okay, so whatever. So if that's in the throne room, surely maybe there's just like a weird world somewhere. Instead of the earth, it's just weird world, you know, and you go to weird world and it's full of just crazy winged creature. There. I don't know, but there's surely there's other things, right? Weird world. Anyway, I'm going to weird world, y'all. <laughs> so you're already there. I, I know, maybe I am. But anyway, uh, I personally believe that stuff's out there. One of the things, you know, I can't wait on the other side of this life. There's a lot of places here on the earth I've never seen, you know. I want things I want to, I want to go check out things. Right? I don't want to see things. I want to go to the bottom of the ocean. I mean, if we can, if we, I'm, I want to go to the marinara, whatever, the marinara. You know, the, the, the red, the, 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 the Italian trench, you know, of, of sauce that's down there. I, I want to go to the, I don't know what, I, marin, what is it called? Uh, you know what I meant. All right, so the, the marinara, you know, I want to go to, I knew that wasn't the name, but I just figured I'd make a joke because I couldn't remember. The marinara, I want to go to the bottom of it. I want to see what, what's down there, what freaky creatures are down there. You know, I want to look. But I also want to go other places. I got to get away from this. But anyway, I want to go check out the, the moons of Jupiter. I mean, why can't I? Right? I want to see what's out there. But I will say more important than seeing Jesus and hanging out with her father. Let's bring this back to reality, right? That's what's going to be important. But on vacation, I'm going to see some stuff. Anyway, so you can believe whatever you want to believe. Faith, faith is a choice. And, and if there's a choice, if faith is a choice, by, by definition, when you say faith is a choice, remember T- Paul, uh, or, or Thomas didn't say, I can't believe that. I mean, we heard people say, I can't believe. That's not, that's not true. You can believe whatever you, that's not true. I just can't believe it. Oh, you just don't want to believe it, right? You don't want to believe it, right? But so the idea, you, he didn't say, I can't believe. Had he said, I can't believe, Jesus would have corrected him. He said, I won't believe. He made a decision. Of course, he had some revelation that changed that. But uh, the very fact that faith is a choice means there's other options. If there's not another option, there is no choice. If you go to the, if you go to the store and there's one thing on the shelf, there's not a choice, when Pastor and I have gone to some of these countries, maybe the first time we went to Zimbabwe, they were, they were going through food shortages, and it was terrible. We would go to a place, and they would have, a, for instance, there was this restaurant down the street from the hotel that we would walk to, and they had, I think, one thing on the menu. At a menu, but, well, I think I'll have this. They, they, I think they even brought the menu out to us. Well, what are options? When they came to find out, they had one thing in the, in the restaurant. Why do you give me a menu then, right? I mean, just, I, that's my choice. That's the only choice. That's what I'll have. Well, faith is a choice. There's got to be other options. There's always going to be options. In every, if the just are to live by faith, and if faith really is an option, and it's based on things we can't see, in every area of life, there are options. How you, how you do church, how you do life, how you do family, how you raise kids, how you do your job, how you do whatever you do, there are options Believers are called to live by faith, a conviction in what we believe, what God's word says, and what the Spirit of God is telling us. I want to say that because that is important. What the Spirit of God is telling us is vital. Not everything that we need to do, not every area we need to believe in, pursue, live our life by, are you necessarily going to find Scripture and verse for 
but it will line up with the Word of God. It will never contradict what the Word of God says. There is no scripture and verse on who, who you should marry, but God does have a will about those things, right? There is no scripture and verse where you should be working, but God has a plan. God has a will in thee. We ought, to convert, we ought to consult him, and the Spirit of God will lead and direct us in every area of life if we choose to believe it, if we choose to obey, and you know if you believe it, if you obey it. If you don't obey it, you didn't really believe it, right? I could stop right there, and that would help us. So faith is a choice. Faith, is, faith is, is, is a decision that we make. And so now I want to kind of start getting into some of the things that, uh, that, that have my heart. And I go to 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We talked about aliens tonight. I didn't think we'd do that. Uh, talked to me bungee jumping. All right, let's see if we can get into something a little more serious here. A little more scriptural tonight. You got to know when when, when uh, John saw that stuff he saw, he was in that vision he ended writing down for us the book of Revelation. You got to know he was like, "What was that?" And I, I was going to write it down because that was crazy looking, but he wrote it down anyway. So, Second Corinthians chapter one, in the twentieth verse, it says, "For all the promises of God in Him are yes." First Corinthians, or I'm sorry, did I say First Corinthians? Second Corinthians uh, chapter one verse twenty. For all the promises of God in him are yes. How many of the promises are yes? All. All the promises of God in uh, God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So the promises of God that we have in his word, things that Jesus died, things that, things that he died for to secure for us, like prosperity, health, uh, soundness of mind, all of these different areas that the, the word of God promises us, all of those promises are what? They're yes and amen. It means they're guaranteed. They're ours. They belong to us no matter what they're ours. They're yes and amen. How many know that none of us are having to talk God into healing us? He's already done it. He, he's already done the work in Jesus. It's already been paid for. It's already been secured. Your healing is a done thing. Jesus already took it upon himself. It's done. When it comes to uh, uh, you're having enough resources and prosperity in life, living free from lack, Jesus paid the price for that as well. That is done. And so you don't have to talk God into those things. They're ours. They belong to us. And go over to Matt, uh, Mark, rather, chapter 11. We know this scripture, Mark, the 11th chapter. And this is talking about things that we have God's word on it. We've heard this many times here at this church. And, uh, you know, what promise are you standing on? What scriptures are you standing on? Because in this verse, it talks about... Uh, uh, having the things that we need being taken care of, things that we desire. In Mark eleven twenty or 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, for assuredly, he said, there's no question. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things, uh, believes that those things which he says, he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, Whatever things you ask or desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and what? You will have them. So when you pray the prayer of faith, you're praying the, uh, over something. Prayer of faith involves things, the promises of God. When you pray the prayer of faith, you pray for it. You ask God for it in faith, and then you thank him about it. And the time between when you pray about it and the time that it shows up, that's where you stay in a position of faith. You can't see it, but you choose to believe, you're convinced, you have a conviction that has a great reward attached to it. You are convinced that what was promised to you, what you asked for, God has heard you and then it's yours, right? That is the prayer of faith. That is praying for things that we believe in. That's living by faith in those areas. Well, but what about other areas? There are other areas that are no, don't fall under the category of promises, there are other things that don't fall under the category of promises. There's other categories of things that we are, the Lord would lead us to pray about, to ask about, to contend for, for a good word, to, to, to have a kingdom perspective on and a kingdom pursuit on. How many know that our, our pursuits in all areas ought to be the kingdom of God, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, driven, centered, and focused, Right? There are some areas that are not uh, things that Jesus paid for, things that he did not necessarily guarantee us in his word. And, and, and in those areas, what about those areas? What do we do about those areas? You know, in recent times, we've been doing a lot of praying. And this is, uh, 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 
this is kind of where I wanted to go, and this is going to be relatively short, I think. Um, but we've been praying about the will of God. We've been praying about the will of God specifically in the last season about the election. We've been praying about these things and praying that uh, the will of God will be done. How many know that, that as believers, us contending and praying for the will of God to be done in the earth is kind of important, right? Jesus said, pray this way, Father, your will be done in, on earth as it is in heaven. He ins- we're, we've been instructed to contend for the will of heaven to be displayed on earth. How I many know we don't see that right now? Right? We see some things, but most, I would say most things, most areas uh, uh, that are most, let's say that most of the attributes of heaven, because we don't even know what they are yet, because there's so many wonderful things of, of heaven and eternity with our Father we haven't even seen yet. Most of those things we're not seeing here yet. But we need to be pushing for those things, right? We need to be contending for those things. That we've been called to walk a line, to hold a line, to push for something that is not of this world, but it's of another world and another kingdom, and it's not going to be visible to us, but we got to push for it anyways, right? And where it comes to things that are the will of God, that are not necessarily promises of God, we don't pray the same way. Nor do we respond the same way. We've been talking about recent months. We've been praying about the election, praying about the will of God being done, praying that uh, righteousness and truth would prevail in the whole situation, right? That godly men, I mean, in, in, uh, uh, in Timothy, we're instructed to pray for all of those in authority. We've been, re- pastors read these scriptures. We've been talking about these things. These are not suggestions. These are things that we have been told to do. But they involve things that we just can't say, I believe I receive it. Why? Because it involves people's will. Pastors talked about this at length. When you're believing for something that's been promised to you, it's a believe I receive, and then you thank God for it, and you continue to thank God. You don't go back to the Lord and say, hey, remember that thing we talked about the other day? I'm just here back to talk about it again. Uh, I really need this. And so I'm asking you for it again. Know the prayer of faith. You believe you receive it, and then you stand confident. You don't cast aside your confidence. It's yours. And that's what you do from the time you pray and the time that it gets there. Well, in other areas, especially where people's wills are involved, we have to pray different. I said we have to pray different. I mean, and it's, it's not something, a one-and-done prayer. It's a continual thing. It is, it is something where intercession, supplication, that we get in there, and it, there's work involved in it. So many believers are too flesh-driven. They don't, they're not willing, and it's not that they can't, they're not willing. All of this goes back to will and not can. Ability. I'm, uh, that, that's a better way. It all goes back to will and not ability. Anything that the Bible tells us to do, you can do. Let me say it this way. Anything the Bible tells, me to, uh, tells us to do, we can do. All of us can do it. If it says it, he would be unjust to tell us to do something we couldn't do. So everything he instructs us to do, we can, we can do. We can stand for truth. Even in a dark world, we can stand for righteousness. Even in, a, in this ungodly age, we can stand for what's right. We can do it. We can live free from sin. We can live free from the cam- contamination of the world. We can do all of those things. Are we willing to do it or not? And that's really where it comes down to, our willingness, because all of these things are a choice. So we've been praying about this. How many know that, that, that praying for the will of God to be done, that righteousness would prevail? These are not controversial things. And, you know, the, the sad thing is in many churches around, around the country and many Christian homes and groups around the country and around the world, not just here, but around the world, these things can be controversial. How do you know, Pastor Gray? Because when we talk about them here, you can all, there are times you can sense the, don't go there, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, but these things can be very difficult at places. And there are some, I know, uh, personally, we know pastors that never touch, they, well, let's say it this way, they never go into touchy areas. Touchy because people have a lot of opinions about it. And it's things that they, they, they don't want to hear. They don't really want to submit. They really don't, they don't really want to hear what the Bible's got to say, because they already have their opinion. Let's be real. That's what it is. When we're touched, come on, that is the, that's the reality. We got to know in our own lives when something is said, and, and it's in God's word, and it bristles us, that's not because it's, it's too hard. It's because we have a love, oh, we have a, 
an affection for something else. We have an opinion of something else or an idea elsewhere, wherever it came from, that, that, we, that, that we, we actually hold a little higher. Is that what it is or isn't it? Right? Because what you really believe you'll do, and if I don't want to do it, if I don't want to hear it, you definitely don't believe it. Right? And, and this is something, too. If the devil can keep us from hearing, if he can keep the culture... How I many know there's a Christian culture out there? If Christian culture can be affected to where these things aren't talked about because they're too touchy, if he can affect, how I many know if there's no hearing, there's no what? There's no faith. There's no believing. There's no adjusting our opinion. There's no changing our mind. There's no, there's no repentance. There's no getting our, our thoughts in line with his thoughts. There's no revelation. Therefore, the, the plan of God, the, God's will in heaven, as it is in heaven being done on earth, that can't happen in those areas. So we've been praying about these things. We've been doing this, and it's been an ongoing thing. We talked about not giving up and, and standing our ground and continuing to fight and, and to believe God, and we need to do that. There's a fight of faith. There's a fight, There's a fight in, in faith when you're believing to receive something. It's not being discouraged, not casting aside your confidence. There is a fight of faith when it comes to believing or, or the prayer of other areas, like we've been doing for, for the nation, according to the will of God, God's plan to be done. There's a fight there, but it also goes back to not quitting and not being discouraged. It's the same fight, and it's the same enemy. It's the same fight, and it's the same enemy. The fight is the same, and the enemy is the same. It's, a, it's wrong information, right, which affects how if you, if you think wrong, you believe wrong, you're going to have wrong in both areas, the belief you receive and the will of God, Right? And the, and the battle is not being, not growing weary, not casting aside our confidence in, in both. It's the same in both. We've got to stand against these things. We've got to be aware of it. And what we've been talking about, there's been many who've been unwilling to believe in, these, in, in this situation, to get involved in the fight, to stay in the fight of faith. I, and and this, is, this is definitely where I'm at. So I'm going to say some things, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand where I'm coming from. This is maybe like a, a different way of looking at this, a different way of presenting this, a different way of saying this. Um, I, was, I was having a conversation a couple weeks ago with, with a friend of mine that I grew up with, and we, we, we kind of bumped into each other, and so we were talking. And, and he, is, he is a Christian. He's a believer. He, he's he. He loves Jesus, his family. They attend church, and it's a denominational church, and, and uh, he's, a, he's a good man. And so we were talking about the events. I mean, it's been, it's, how many else has had conversations with people you know, right, in the recent month, month, month and a half of what's happening? It's, it's been a, a topic of conversation, so it came up in the course of our conversation. And, um, you know, we, we both, and let me just take, a, I'll just take a step back. You know, it's important when it comes to... Um, what we believe in things. I mean, like I said earlier, the Word of God is number one. We know that. The Word of God is number one. It never changes. If anybody says, I found a new book of the Bible, don't. Okay, I'm not. You're crazier than me, PG, thinking there's aliens, right? So um, we, we ought to run from that. There are things that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will direct us to do. It'll always be in line with His Word. But, but one of the ways the Holy Spirit directs us is through the leaders in the church in the body of Christ. Kind of get an amen, right? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the ways he, he, he puts leaders in the body of Christ, men and women, that are anointed, gifted, called, positioned by God to be in a leadership position. They're not better than anybody else. They just have a different job. And they are held, because they're put in the position, they are held to a high, they are held accountable for those things. And, I, you know, and, and, and I would say if anybody, well, I just want to be in the ministry, do you? Right? I mean, do, do you really? I mean, I, I don't know. You want to be in the ministry if God's called you to be in those positions. But if he's called you to do something else, that's what you want to do. Because that's where your answer is, your provision is. That's where your grace for life is. And eternally speaking, that's what your reward is attached to. You can win a million people to the Lord, but the Lord never called you to be a pastor or to be the, the, the great worldwide evangelist. You won a bunch of people to the Lord, but you didn't do what he asked you to do. I mean, you know, our, our, I'm all over the place. I mean, you know, our standards of success need to be in line with what God's Word says. But in the light of this, every respected man or woman of God 
almost, I almost without fail have been on the same side of this whole debate that's gone on in recent times. They have been. Now, I know it's touchy. I know some people don't like it. And, and I say that because, you know, I, I know as a church as a whole, you know, I'm not, we don't have major, major, this doesn't, it's not like a major thing here per se, but in the body of Christ, say, well, why are we talking about it here? Because one of the things I believe, I've been believing God for is that men and women that God has called to lead will actually lead and not just tell people what they want to hear. So if we're going to believe in God for that, we're going to do it here, right? And whoever listens, listens. And if they don't, well, then they'll answer for that themselves. But I will answer for it if I don't say it. So when leaders in the body of Christ that are respected, that when I say respected, not just mean the world respects them, but they have a lifestyle that's been a proven, not that they're perfect, but they've walked out godly lives. And, and the evidence of God's hand of being upon them is evident all, right? They're not just, you know, apostle so-and-so that shows up that we don't know, but they've got a proven track record. We know them. They've been, been by and large, been on the same side of this whole thing. And it would be wise for all of us when we hear these things that we don't just blindly accept things, but we go to the Lord about it. First of all, does it line up with his word? Does, is what they're saying line up with the word of God? Secondly, does it, does it pass that and does it pass the, the test of my spirit, which is being motivated by the word of God? Whether or not it passed the test of my mind, my opinion, my circumstances, how I many of all of those things are what? Areas that we see. Things that we can, that are, even things, they're our opinions. They're not in the unseen realm. They're, they're the way we view them based on information that we have. So we've got to be willing to lay those things at the feet of Jesus and to submit them to God. And, and you know, the reality is we probably won't always agree on everything while we're here. And that's fine. But when there's such a loud voice in one direction, we, we ought to be willing to take account of ourselves and say, okay, what side am I on, you know, and, and should I be open to this? I would say that if we're really open to God, God will lead us. I just kind of happen to trust God that enough to say that, that if we're actually really open to him, I kind of think he's faithful enough to actually lead us, right? But anyway, going back to this subject, you know, been, we were, I was talking to this individual, and he's a believer, and he's, he's on the... the he views this like many of us had that from the standpoint that he believes there's been some funny business that's gone on. And how many know that the will of God is never that things are done or accomplished through funny business? And I mean funny, I don't mean like, hey, hey, funny. I mean like wrong things, right? How many believe that, that God is not behind things being accomplished through trickery? How many think God is not behind things being done by lying, stealing, cheating. There is one, I, I saw this thing the other, uh, not too long ago, they were interviewing people and they were talking about whatever. And, and, and so many people answered if the person that they like got in, got, you know, got into the office and was elected and it's all said and done. If they got in because of cheating, they didn't really care. If there's cheating, lying, whatever, I don't really care as long as my guy gets it. That's not right. I said, that's just not right. God is never behind those things. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When there's cheating, stealing, lying, manipulating, God is not a manipulator. He's not a liar. I don't care what anybody says, how they try to Christianize something or wash it over. When those things are involved, God is not behind it. Therefore, it is not the will of God. Are you saying that one side is perfect and one? No, neither side is perfect. But when one side is pushing one direction, whoever that is, we ought not go that direction. We ought not let our affections be attached to those things. It is the truth. It's the truth. We can't afford to let our, our affections get attached to things that are motivated by the wrong spirit. Like I said, corruptions on both sides. And, and politics is one of those things in the church that many churches we know of, people never talk about it. They never discuss it because it's too taboo. Every one of those churches, you, you realize this, every one of those churches, the leaders of those churches will answer for the fact they didn't speak about those things. Whatever good things they do, they'll be rewarded for that. But the areas where they refuse to do it because it was too touchy, they will stand before the Lord and the Lord will say, now, why didn't you do that? He will reprimand them. I'm telling you. 
the grace of God is real, but I can also say the, the, the anger, the wrath of God is also a very real thing. Ask some of the folks in the children of Israel when the ground opened up and they got swallowed. Like hungry, hungry hippo. They, they weren't saying God is the, oh, the goodness of God. That was the wrath of God. Right? So areas where we're unwilling to stand and say what needs to be said, God will require that of us. Why didn't you do? I know, I, we know ministers who won't even talk about finances. Won't talk about giving, receiving. They won't do it because it's too controversial. I know one big church I'm thinking of, they're a, they're a charismatic church, pseudo charismatic. They're, 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 they're a charismatic church, you know, and they won't talk, but they just leave the, the little thing out in the lobby and, and, and they'll mention every now and then, if you think about it on your way out, just, you know, if you want to put your ties up. The Lord actually corrected Brother Hagin for not doing that for one of the churches he was at because he didn't talk about, about tithes and offerings because he was afraid if he did, he'd make everybody mad. After he left the church, the Lord Jesus talked to him and said, go back there and make it right. What if Jesus had said, no, nah, I don't think I'll do that. He, if that? If that had been his, his stance, he would not have been Brother Hagin to us. Likely he wouldn't have lived very long. One reason why we don't do these things is because, yeah, it affects our standing before the Lord, but it also affects our time standing here. We can't, we can't have our own opinion and do our own. We just can't afford. I know we just can't afford to do our own thing. Yeah, but it's not that big a deal. Disobedience always opens the door to the enemy. Are you listening? Disobedience always opens the door to the enemy. Listen, if something bothers you, it's, it's totally possible I could be wrong. I've been wrong about a lot of stuff, right? It's totally possible. I know it's hard to believe that pastor could be wrong. Pastor Angela, she probably could never be wrong. But I mean, you know, pastor maybe could be wrong every now and then. Amy's definitely never wrong. She married me. But anyway, um, that we could miss it. But when you have God's word, that settles it. We know the thief comes a lot to steal, kill, and destroy. If, if that's involved in anything, we ought not be involved in it, right? You say, well, then you're saying pick the lesser of two evils. Well, well, sometimes there are lesser of two. One does have more godly things attaching to it. If they're not cheating, that's... Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. So God's word says this one thing. And if the leaders in the body of Christ are saying something, we, we can't just say, well, I just choose not to even go there. I don't want to think about it. God will hold us accountable for it. That's why we talk about some of the things we talk about at Impact Family Church, because we understand how this works. For my sake and for yours, we talk about things. It's not just that, it's not we want to be controversial. I love you too much. Pastor loves you too much to not tell you the truth. Well, you, once we say it, then it's on you. You can do with it whatever you want to do with it. And I can stand before the Lord. And he said, well, why didn't you? No, I did. I did, I did, I did. And he'll say, well, good job. So we've all got to make that decision for ourselves regardless. And, and I was going to be short tonight, and this is taking longer than I wanted to. But anyway, it's good anyway. There is a wisdom of this age that we need to be careful we're not falling into. Going back to talking to this friend of mine, you know, we were talking about it. And he made this statement. He believes that there's some things that have gone on that shouldn't have gone on, many things. And he said this to me. He's a believer, which by definition of a believer, we ought to actually believe he said this to me, he said, he was, I don't remember the exact wording, but I'm pretty sure this was the exact wording. He said, you're crazy if you think this whatever is going to come out, the truth is going to come out. You are crazy if you think this is going to happen. This is a believer. You're crazy. Because I had made the comment, well, I'm just trusting God that the truth will come out, what, that, that it'll be found, whatever needs to be found will be found. I choose to believe that. It's a choice. I choose to believe it. And he said, you're crazy for believing that. Folks, that is, that, is, that, that is not a good assessment of where the church is at. We need not be there. There is human wisdom and there is godly wisdom. They do not line up. I've got this scripture, there, there, uh, this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, Paul was, was talking here in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 16. We're not going to read it all because we don't have time at this point. I've rambled too much. But Paul in the fourth verse, he says, in my speech and my preaching, this is 1, Timothy, or 1 Corinthians 2. In the fourth verse, my, my speech and my preaching were not with the persuasive words of human wisdom. Human wisdom can be very persuasive. That doesn't mean it's right. 
just because something, have, have you ever gone to a store and it sounded really good? I mean, like their pitch was great and you got it at home and it, you got this one miracle working product at home and it was junk, right? I mean, Amy's mom, she sees stuff on TV and she'll buy it, you know, and, and be like, oh, this is the great, this will revolutionize your life, your cooking life. And you get it in, it falls apart two days later. There's some good sales that are out there, but just because something's persuasive, and we've all been there, right? But just because something is persuasive, I've been sold things that weren't true because it sounded great. Well, he says, he said here, he said, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. He said, I want to go to a church where it just sounds great. Well, do you? you? You want it to sound good, but you also want to do, are they doing it a human effort or not? He said, but they weren't with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Why? That your faith, your trust, your confidence, your conviction, right? Should, be in the wis- should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There is a difference. And if we're not careful, we can have faith in the wisdom of men and not the power of God. The power of God is brought by the wisdom of God. Our faith, our confidence, our conviction can be in the wrong thing, in which it causes us not to get God's results. We've got to be careful of these things, right? Verse 6, however, we speak the wisdom among those who are mature. How many know that, that, that godly wisdom is a thing of maturity? Yet not the wisdom of this age. It's, he's calling Paul, by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, it's saying the wisdom of this age is, is, is not for those who are mature. He said, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age. They're, those are different. The wisdom of this age and the rulers of this age, they're different things. The one is affecting the other. The rulers of this age, spiritual, spiritual forces, have a plan. They have an idea. They have a thought. There's a wisdom there. It's not a godly wisdom. It's motivating the wisdom of this age. I mean, aren't you glad? I'm thankful because in eternity, in the thousand-year reign, it's the wisdom of the kingdom of God that will rule the earth. There'll be no, no death, no dying, no crying, no stealing, none of those things. It will be heaven on earth because the wisdom of that, uh, of heaven, of eternity, will be judging and ruling the wisdom of, of this age. Well, we're not there yet, right? He said that, he said that we, he said that, so however we speak the wisdom of those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, notice who are coming to nothing. There's a wisdom of this age that's coming to nothing. We've got to be careful. I've got to move on. Uh, in Romans uh, chapter 8, the 6th verse, talks about being carnally minded. I'll read it to you, Romans 8, 6 through 8. It says, not to be carnally minded, but to be spiritually minded. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is eminent enmity against God or opposite to God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. It's so important how we look at things and how we do things. The Amplified says that this mind of the flesh is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. It's what you can see. It's what you can see. It's what you can see. That's, that's the natural carnal mind. That's what that is, what you can see. Going, what, what, going back to what we said earlier, we've been called to live by faith, the faith of God, which is the things you can't see. He said I was crazy for doing this. That's actually a failure to do what God's word says because crazy is the world's opinion of it, not God's opinion of it, because he told us to pray. And if he told us to pray, it ain't crazy. It's just not seen. It's just not understood by the world's perspective, by the the wisdom of this age doesn't recognize it. But he's already told us we have scripture on it. Listen, I want to be on the right side of things. He's already told us that this wisdom is coming to nothing. Not just being diminished, it's going, it, it is coming to zero. Nothing means absence of. This way of doing things is coming to zero. Will it pay off to be on God's side of things? Absolutely. Why invest ourselves in a system, a way of thinking that isn't even going to be here beyond our 80, 90, 100, whatever years we're here? It isn't even going to exist. Why invest in it? Why participate in it? Why even choose to even agree with any of it? it, do, it when it's all said and done, it's not, it will have come to nothing. It won't even be mentioned 
It's not even going to be acknowledged. It's not going to be given any, in, in eternity's future. It's not even going to be even looked at. It holds no value. Why do we let it have value in our lives? Turn my tablet off. Let me turn it back on. It should have no value in our lives. One of the reasons why we do this is because of pride. One of the reasons why believers do this is because of pride. No one wants to be on the, the crazy side. And no one wants to be on the wrong side. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to look like I'm going to be wrong. Now, as believers, this is dangerous. Can you give me just a few more minutes? This is important. I've gone all this time to get to what we're talking about. This is important. The world's opinion of us doesn't matter. And we certainly can't let pride be our motivation for why we choose not. Not that we can't. We choose whether to believe God or not. Pride cannot be our motivator. Pride from the beginning got the whole thing messed up. It is the backbone and the basis of the wisdom of this world that is coming to nothing. Oftentimes, believers who ought to believe are unwilling to believe, not that they can't, they're unwilling to believe because they don't want to look dumb. And if it goes sideways, they don't want to be on the wrong side of things. This is a motivation the enemy uses to get us to not be people of faith, to not be believers, and to be like everybody else, which our world system agreeers. Well, what if it goes wrong? I don't want to be on the wrong side. That's called pride and disobedience. What we believe, James 5, 16... The effective, fervent prayer. Remember now, prayer of faith, you believe you receive it, it's yours. Other areas, the will of God, you don't just claim it and it's done. You've got to stay with it. Why? People's will is involved. If, if, the, if we could just do whatever we want, we believe God that every person on the planet gets born again, we'd all go home tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. And yet the Lord tells us to continue to pray for the harvest. They're precious and, and to do it anyway, even, because you... Well, you know, well, what if it doesn't work? You know in times when people's will is involved, it's not going to work. People are going to hell every day. Have we been told to pray about it? Absolutely. Well, that means we still got to believe something. We still have to have a conviction. We still have to have a confidence, something that we can't cast aside, right? Remember, it's the same rules. It's the same enemy, same rules, the same everything, prayer of faith, prayer of, faith, prayer of, uh, of petition, or the, a prayer towards the will of God. It's the same rules. We believe this, James five sixteen. the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amplified, I love. Makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. How many know that faith has got to be involved for power to be made available? If faith isn't involved, a conviction, a confidence, no power is being made available that can be dynamic in its working. If those things aren't involved, it's just words. I said it's just words. Remember, what what do we even believe in God for? That the will of God would be done, that righteousness would prevail, the truth would prevail. That's not controversial, and if it is, get right with Jesus, right? That's what we're believing God for, right? Now people's wills are involved. And the the thought comes, well, what if it doesn't work? I don't want to put my effort into something that may not work. Why do it if it's not going to pan? There's a choice whether you're going to live by faith or not. There's the line, the faith line, the not faith line. And what you believe is evident by what you do. And it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. How many of you just say in the words, if your heart's not connected, no faith's involved, you didn't believe it, you got nothing from it. faith. I just can't, I can't believe with all the corruption in this world, I just can't believe that this is going to happen. I can't believe that, that they're going to get this off. The, look at the, the calendar. I just can't believe it. No, you won't believe it. The reality is we, people who say that just won't, and if I'm stepping on your toes, I'm not meaning to step on your toes, but we have to have an all or nothing mentality where it comes to the kingdom of God, where the word of God, it's either true or it, or it isn't. If there's any backdoor gray area, second choice plan B, then we're in trouble because how, how do we know where those areas are? It's either all true or it's not true. It's either all true or it's not true. 
Because when we pray, the effect of fervent, heartfelt means in faith, believing prayer of a righteous man avails much, makes tremendous power available. That's not dependent upon, upon a calendar. When they, when they wrapped up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's as last minute as you get. In fact, everybody else was dying around them. They still believe God. It's never too late. It's never too late. Well, how does that work? The good thing is I don't have to know. We don't have to understand. We just have to. We don't have to know how it's going to play out or what the possibilities are. We just have to know what he's telling us to do and what the word of God says. That's all we've got to know. I'm trying to move on. Hebrews chapter 11. We, we read this. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up here. These are the verses I'm, I'm coming to right here. This is what the Lord has been talking to me about. In the last, ever since I talked to him, he, this scripture came to my attention. These scriptures came to my attention immediately. And this is what the Lord has been talking to me about. Take it, judge it according to the word, judge it according to your heart. Hebrews chapter 1, 11, 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. Ultimately, that's the highest calling, is obtaining a good testimony. This speaks of eternal reward. This speaks of eternal uh, 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 commendation. This speaks of eternal value, right? Hebrews chapter 11 goes on to talk great men and, about great men and women who believed God, who lived by faith, who made a decision to not do live life by what it looked like, but by what God had told them, right? And they, got, they, they, had a, they, they, they obtained a great testimony, these are the scriptures the Lord brought to my attention as soon as he said that. This is kind of on the inside because these are scriptures I've read before, but I'll be honest, I didn't read them a whole lot. Because when I got to these scriptures, I'm like, well, I don't like the sound of that. This is in Hebrews eleven thirty nine. Look at it, Hebrews eleven thirty nine and 40. In all of these, notice, having obtained a good testimony through faith. That speaks of eternal reward. They obtained a good testimony through faith. In order for that to happen, they fully believed the things that they were standing in. The things that they obtained a good testimony, they 100% believed it. They chose to believe it. Remember, faith always goes against what you see. It's in the unseen. They made a choice not to believe what they could see, but what God had said, right? In all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, notice, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Look over in Hebrews, um, uh, I wrote down the wrong, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, no, I didn't. Hebrews, go back to Hebrews eleven thirteen. I meant to, I got these out of order. Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all died in faith. If the Bible says they were in faith, that means they fully, 100% believed it. Let's, let's not whitewash this or try to make it be something that it isn't. They believed these things. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them into the unseen. They embraced them, confessed that they were strangers. We even put their, their reputations on it, right? Confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. But notice it says that they all died in faith, which we know when you die in faith, you obtain a good testimony with God. And they fully believed it, yet they didn't receive the promise. Why are you saying all this? Are you saying that this isn't going to happen? I fully believe it is. I want to answer the question the enemy is trying to bring to the church. Well, what if it doesn't? I'm answering this question. I'm I'm, I'm, I believe the prayer of faith. I believe the prayer that we've been praying, that we're making tremendous power available. One of the things I'm believing for in Proverbs 21, it says like the, like the rivers of, of the waters of the rivers, so you turn the heart of the king. I believe there are men and women in positions of authority. We've been praying in Timothy, right? That these people for, for good government, I believe, I believe I make the decision to believe not based on the news or what anybody is saying. I'm making the decision to believe when God, what God said, Right? He told me to pray. He said he can change people's hearts, change what they do. He said I make tremendous power of it. I believe that. I expect, I expect to see the answer. I expect to see it. 100% expect to see it. And I will up until whatever time, date, I'm going to believe it. Because I'm, well, how can you do that? That's tough. No, I made a decision. Remember, faith is a choice. We don't do it because it looks good or plausible. 
We don't do it because there, there is one shred of hope. Remember talking about, about Abraham in the same Hebrews 11, in hope and a, a contrary to hope, against hope and in hope. There was no way. There wasn't an outside chance. Oh, she's saying I got a chance, right? One in a million. It wasn't one of those, right? There was a zero chance. Old movie reference there. Anyway, there was zero chance. But in hope, contrary to hope, against what was even possible, he believed it anyway. This was the prayer of faith because it was a promise. He received it. God, God, it's a promise. It's yours. Just don't cast aside your confidence. Well, on the other side of prayer, we're praying for the will of God where people's wills are involved. We have to believe that what we're praying is doing something and stand for what God wants done. We're believers. It's our job. Anything else he is not satisfied with. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible. Not unlikely, impossible. We've got to stand our ground. Now, like I said, I fully believe that, that what we're praying, I believe, I believe, I'm praying according to the will of God. He hears me. Now, it's not a promise, but I am obeying the Spirit of God. Power is being made available, right? But here's the thing. Well, what if it doesn't happen? Who cares? First of all, who cares if anybody thinks of me anyway? They got something else they don't like me for anyway, I'm sure. And, they'll, and, if, and if I make them happy on this, they're going to find something else tomorrow they don't like. It's the way it is. But these people said they died in faith, fully trusting, right? They didn't receive the promise, yet they got a good testimony. This is the thing the Lord told me. He said, listen, he said, this whole argument, what if it doesn't happen? He said, believers, my sons and daughters need to live from the eternal perspective of this thing and be obedient from the side that if we trust God and we make a decision to be in faith, to not doubt, regardless of how it goes, because people's wills are involved, regardless of how it goes, we get credit for the right thing happening because we chose to believe. We obtain these things. They become ours in the realm of the Spirit. It doesn't really matter what happens here. I said it doesn't really matter what ends up happening. Now, it does matter. You understand? We want the right thing to happen. But I'm saying from an eternal standpoint, God will credit us for, because we, we chose to trust Him. We'll obtain a good testimony with God. Why do I want to believe these things and keep fighting and not give up, not get tired, not cast aside my confidence? Because I want to obtain a good testimony with God. I want to be like the ones in Hebrews 11 that I obtained something. I want to want to obtain a good testimony in one area, but drop the ball in another area. We've got to stand our ground. We've got to continue to stay in place where we make a decision. I'm going to believe. I'm not going to cast aside my confidence. If we'll, we, have, we have failed in so many areas where the will of God is concerned, where the will of God not coming into practice, because we, the church has given up too much. We've given up too quickly. We've given up too quickly. We cast aside our confidence, which has great reward if we won't. But there's no reward when we do. I just want to encourage you, God, or to not get, not, not, not to take the world's opinion of this, not to be motivated by the, the, the ideals and the thoughts of this age we're living in. It's coming to nothing. Well, does it matter what side you are, what side you're on? It's going to, ha- whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It absolutely matters because that's also that argument's out there. Oh, it doesn't really matter. It's going to one way or another. I've heard other people say, well, it doesn't matter because God's going to take care of us either way. I believe God's going to take care of me, but I'm going to be on the right side of it. I want to be on God's side of it. I want to be contending for his will and not just saying, well, what a whoever's will can win. I choose to believe it. And yes, God's going to take care of me. Let's also be careful that we're not speaking the wrong things about whatever happens tomorrow. Well, if this doesn't, I've been there. If this doesn't, we're, it's the end. No, 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 no. Let's not start. Let's not plant a harvest we don't want to reap. Right? I said, let's not plant a harvest we don't want to reap. But when we're praying, we're the things where people's will in. We, make a, we have a decision to make. Are we going to trust God? Are we not going to trust God? It is not too difficult. God needs people to partner with him. If his will is going to be done here, his will has to supplant the, the will of people here. If his will is going to be done here as it is in heaven, 
He needs people who in this area will partner with him, contend with him, make a decision to believe it. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how crazy it is. And, and well, what if it doesn't happen? I don't even really care. I believe it is going to happen. And, and none of those things move me. None of those things move me. I'm going to believe God regardless. If we will do that, the will of God will come to pass. The will of God will be done. Are you saying, I'm convinced what, I'm convinced what we're praying for is going to happen. I need your help. We need your help. Right? Because if the church ain't believing, the world certainly isn't believing. Because they don't even see it right. Let's not throw in the towel. I said, let's not throw in the towel. I said I was going to go short, and I went for over an hour. I am sorry. But, but, but it, it, we, we have, we've got to be smart. The devil is so sneaky, and it seems so good and comfortable. It's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. So what's the, what's the difference either way? When we, his will always goes to stealing, killing, and destroying. Always. I'm going to fight that. I'm going to be against it. I don't care. I don't care if it challenges me on whatever area. I'm going to be against it. I'm going to stand with God. I'm going to stand with what the Word of God says. I'm going to stand with what the Spirit of God says. I'm going to stand with what the leaders in the church, if they're in line with and they've got proven lives, I'm going to stand with those things. I'm going to take the help God has given me. I'm going to stand with it. And it'll be accounted for righteousness for me. I'll obtain a good testimony before the Lord. And ultimately, I'm happy with that. Eternity will speak of it. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.